and welcome to another episode of Cathode Ray Mission. I am, as always, uh, Will Scoville in Berkeley, California. With me today is my co-host, Randy Heyer in Oklahoma City. Hey, Randy. Hey, Will. How's it going? Pretty good, man. I'm all right. Uh, and with us today is a very special guest. Uh, I've been wanting to have him on for a bit, and I finally reached out and asked him. Uh, it is O.J. Patterson, uh, member of the Super Trash Brothers, uh, writer uh, down in Southern California now, but I know him from when he was in the Bay Area. And uh, welcome to the show, O.J. Will, Randy, my guys, how are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, how have you been? Oh, man, I've been excellent. I've been in my house. <laughs> I've been gaining weight like crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know that. if you can tell. I'm growing my hair out. It's the longest it's ever been. I've got a headband. How, so. How's the back of your neck feel? It's It feels weird with, like, hair, like, crawling down the back of my neck. <laughs> and it's, that's the most annoying part. Yeah. Because I can get it, like, away from my ears, from mm-hmm. covering my ears, but I can't get it off the back of my neck, so... Um, getting used to it. Yeah. And, uh, who I've knows when through, I've cut it? I've gone through so many quarantine beards that uh, they all have their own, their own name, their own mood, <laughs> personality. Yeah, that I'm keeping short now too. I can't. I, that's the thing I can't deal with in quarantine is having a beard that's too big. Yeah. Like mine is about. I'm about to trim it again. So. I've seen some guys with like some full on, you know, some respectable beards. And they do like, they do just like, they, they just skip the beard with their face mask. And I'm just like, are you a wizard? How is this <laughs> happening? <laughs> well, OJ, today um, you have brought us a movie that has been on my to watch list for quite a bit, but I have never seen it. And finally you Same. got me to watch it. Yeah. Uh, it is. Uh, why don't you tell us what it is, uh, OJ? Yo, like, I don't even know. I'm curious to hear about, like, how you heard about it. Like, the algorithm got us on this one. I was just flipping through HBO Max, and it was there. And it had kind of, like, a, you know, pretty cool, like, mid-'70s art direction on on everything. So that mm-hmm. that spoke to me. It just felt like, uh, I don't know. It, it, it felt like it was just weird enough. To watch, because uh, I was in that mood, but I didn't want to watch, like, Harley Quinn or whatever. <laughs> um, and, yeah, the movie, as I understand it, I was very uh, high at the time <laughs> that I watched it. But uh, they go, uh, you know, a group of girls, uh, they go on, like, a summer vacation situation. And they go out into uh, the woods, real cabin in the woods, um, and... Then, like, one by one, something bad happens, (laughs) and there's a cat involved, (laughs) and and somebody's uh, jealous of a mom, and there's uh, very great but very dated uh, sets of where people are supposed to live, and at the end of the day, I think it was just, like, pre-music video um, special effect, like, extravaganza yeah. like they're like what can we do have you heard of this blue screen like it was very like <laughs> yes yeah. it was almost like when you see like a new grounds with somebody who just like had <laughs> too much time and just ms paint 
and they made something amazing, but you're just like, this is some new ground ass shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, the movie, we, we kind of forgot to mention it. It, it is House from 1977. Uh, this is a uh, Japanese uh, horror comedy, according to Wikipedia. Uh, this is, of course, the Wiki Roundup, our new segment, where we review the movie very quickly. Wiki uh, Roundup. Uh, it was directed by, and I'm going to butcher this, and I'm sorry, <laughs> Nobuhiko uh, Obayashi. Okay. Obayashi, um, I think. Obayashi? I think that's right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I apologize if I if I totally butchered that. I didn't practice it. Um, and yeah, it's a it is a 1977 psychedelic horror comedy about a bunch of girls who go to a house and experience all the horrors of that house. Uh, which sounds boring, but I assure you, assure you, this movie is not. It's very yeah. visually all over the yeah. place. Yeah, the editing style is like frenetic and crazy. Mm -hmm. Like just like the it's so dense with just like weird stuff happening and shit. It felt it felt like it was like a like a manga or something, right? Yeah, manga or whatever. Yeah. Like if yeah. like kind of like in a comic style. There's like a point where like something falls over the ledge and it like shows the thing falling like within the the scene and stuff like that. Yeah, the weird camera tricks and stuff. I don't know. That was very crazy, like visually interesting the entire way through, you know, sort yeah. of relent too much almost. <laughs> I agree. Relentless. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like this is a movie that I remember when it got kind of a push in, I want to say like 2008 or nine mm -hmm. um, criterion put it out and they toured it. And it came to like the Red Vic in San Francisco and it played there for a bit. Um, and that's where I first heard about it. Uh, and then the, you know, I would see t-shirts with that cat on it, the big red cat that Kyrian yeah. used for the, for the DVD cover. And, uh, but just, yeah, I've heard a crazy Japanese horror movie that um, was also psychedelic, which kind of, it sounds like it was tailor made for me, but I just never took the time out to watch it. Yeah. Um, and so I want to say, like, I had watched, uh, right before this, I watched The Thomas Crown Affair, which if you've never seen that, the original one from the 60s, I want to say. Not the Brosnan one. Not the Brosnan Ray one. Russo. Uh, but it, it is very similar to this one. So What? Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Like, that movie, it is all about, like, like dividing up the screen, having different shit going on in different squares, growing and, and shrinking, like, it's, and it's all... Oh, uh, okay, McQueen. so in that, and stylistically, it's... Yes. <laughs> it's not about a bunch of people going into the woods and meeting the horrors of the house. I was like, I did not know there was a supernatural element in the Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah. <laughs> No, just stylistic. Check that out, sure. man. Yeah. Where, is that on Criterion, or where can I? Where can we find the Thomas Crown Affair starring? I, I was watching it on Pluto, on Pluto TV. So nice. What the hell is yeah. Pluto? It's like Tubi. It's free. So yeah, check it out. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, OJ. Like, I want to know. Like, have, have you seen anything else like this before? I mean, are you? You said you the algorithm. Uh, brought it to your attention. What do you think triggered that algorithm? Uh, what have you been watching lately? So, 
I don't know if it was like HBO Max specifically, because I think I, I I think I bookmarked it pretty early in. Um, but I think my internal algorithm has been tuned into a little bit more um, like kind of not, I don't want to say girl power, it predates girl power. It was just like, there's a lot of movies in the 70s that was like feminist uh, movement critiques or feminist mm-hmm. uh, movement recontextualized. So I was watching uh, Little Darlings with uh, mm. Tatum O'Neill. The can- Is that the movie about camp? Yeah. And they're like losing their, yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that since I was like 10 maybe or something. I remember saw yeah. that one time. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and that had, I saw a visual in that movie that just like, I'm like, this is like way more subversive. It was just way more uh, like bonkers, but also realistic than anything I'd seen in like, a Melissa McCarthy movie or anything, or even just like yeah. an easy, like any of the the teen girl centric comedies. There's a scene in Little Darlings where they <laughs> they rip a condom dispenser off the wall, and then they take it out into the woods and bash it open, <laughs> and then they start opening the condoms, and they're just like blowing into them and like having a. <laughs> <laughs> a, real, a real fun time and i'm just like yeah i maybe it's of a certain age but kids are are animals yeah, i was an man. animal when i was 12 13 like yeah the things that oh I, yeah the, the things i would do to combat my sexual awakening shall never be spoken by human yeah. mouths it's nuts <laughs> what you can do when you have like the autonomy of an adult but you're like four or five or six years from that being a thing in real life. So I saw that. I saw Girlfriends, uh, which is like proto uh, Francis Ha, like 1970s. Hmm. Okay. Christopher Guest is in it as like the boyfriend. Oh, really? The Adam, that the Adam Driver role, if there ever were one. <laughs> oh, is he a nice guy or is he just like kind of a dick? I don't know. Uh, same thing with uh, what you might call it. Uh, this is my story, I think, uh, which is like a mom, two daughters in New York doing stand up, but huh. also being mad at each other movie from like the early 90s. Mm. So yeah, there's just like a lot of movies I've been seeing in quarantine that are just like, oh, man, these are like dope underdog stories. And there's crazy dynamics going on with the the people, and there's so much ambiguity. It's just like a delicious, a delicious uh, menu of complex emotions and complex relationships. So yeah, that's 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 why I enjoyed House as much as I did, uh, even though I don't think it was like destined for me to watch it. I think I, I had a similar situation. I was just like, what's that cat? And <laughs> <laughs> I eventually saw, cause the, in the, in HBO max, when I saw it, it was just like, I think it was from another part of the movie where they're like all blue faces. And I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah. 
so yeah, I didn't even notice the cat until later. I was like, oh yeah, I've seen that on some shirts at uh, <laughs> at an outside lands fest. You, yeah, you know what? I'd seen that poster before, but I didn't realize that was a cat until I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, cool. like, oh yeah, go ahead, Randy. No, no, please. I have nothing. Well, go ahead. No, I. You know, uh, uh, OJ, I, I. Um, I hadn't even put it in that kind of context of being another one of those female-led movies from that era and how that it could even fit into that. But the fact that you're kind of watching all that and maybe that brought it brought it up is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that regard, I there's another movie from that era that I just watched that now that you mentioned it kind of reminds me of this a little bit, which was uh, Foxes. I don't know if you've seen that one. No. Nah. It's got uh, Jodie Foster in it and a few other women who I don't really recognize. Okay. But um, it is a is a very uh, soft focus movie from like the late 70s, maybe 1980. Um, okay. Maybe probably 1978, but it's got Scott Bayo in it too. This is post uh, Bugs, Bugsy Malone, Scott Bayo and Jodie Foster uh, reprising uh, their 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 roles, not really reprising their roles, but coming together again. But it's again just like following the life of like four friends and their families and their own stories, and treating teenage girls as teenage girls and not some like fantasy of like anything. And it was kind of like, man, I didn't. They still don't make movies like this. They still don't treat women like young women like this in, yeah. in movies a lot of times. In that movie, um, were they like, was there like a real, like uh, a friendship bond? Because I feel like in the late 2000s, early 2010s, there were movies like The Tracy Fragments and mm, Diary of a Teenage Bruce McDonald. Yeah, where it's just like, oh man, it sucks to be a woman when you are coming of age. But also... Yeah. You are tiny furniture. Like, oh, they're so lonely. I yeah. wish they would have someone or some support system so that they're not just having to deal with the the improprieties of human existence by themselves. Yeah. Was Foxes uh, a little bit more op- optimistic, I guess? A, a, a bit more. And it, it kind of deals more with the thing of these are four really good friends. And at the very beginning, they're very good friends. And, you know, they're, they're getting older, they're getting out of high school, they're becoming adults, and they're trying to act a little bit like that, while also being, you know, children still, and not quite understanding it. And just how they are kind of slowly drifting away from each other. Mm-hmm. And if you know, that movie Ghost World, I think, does is like a kind of a condensed version of what they're trying to hit at, yeah. um, where it's just like, okay, it's that weird year after high school where you don't really know what the fuck you are. Um, and it's really dealing with that, but with like four separate people yeah. and the the ways that they decide to take their life uh, from there. And yeah. Do you think it's just an aesthetics thing? Because I feel like I could get the same juice narratively speaking from like a sisterhood of the traveling pants <laughs> or yeah yeah or whatever i think so i think it is an aesthetic thing and i think that it is um you know foxes was directed by a dude um but you know there is certain points where you can have a movie about women that is directed by a man that mm-hmm. really understands it you know and i think the script yeah. was written by a husband and wife and so it really um it 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 treated everyone seriously. It took them, you know, it did not talk down to anybody. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what I really like about it. Um, and and Randy and I, uh, in the last episode we recorded, we're talking about um, Welcome to the Dollhouse, which is yeah, okay. the, the main character in that movie is a teenage girl. And how much I, as someone who was maybe a few years older than than that when that movie came out, how much I identified with the life of this teenage girl. Yeah. You know? And so to have something that kind of like hits everything and not necessarily be like, this is a woman's movie about women's problems, or this is a man's movie about man's problems. It's like, well, this is about a, how human beings deal with certain situations. Yeah. And even though Fox's is like a movie about women, about young women, it really is something that kind of like speaks to a larger thing about growing up. So. Yeah. Um, very different, though, than House. Which yeah. is <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> House is very different. Though. Yeah. But, um, no, this, this does take that. And, you know, I think that, um, I think this movie is weird that everyone is kind of broken out and, and their names are matched kind of their, their personality. I love it. I loved it too, honestly. Yeah. Um, Gorgeous fantasy at the very beginning. Yes. Like, are they just, is that pet names? It's like, nope. Because then there's Melody, Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mac. She's always Mac? Mac Burger. Yeah, I was like, who's the one that wants to eat Mac? I'm yeah. like, yeah. yes. It felt uh, very Goonies or yes. uh, Sandlot. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're totally right about Just that. Just like squints. Why? Because he can't <laughs> see. <laughs> well, because that's how we communicate as kids, especially if you have, you know, I had like 14 Johns in my life at one point when oh I was a kid. So you either go by your last name or you, uh, you know, you figure out some, I, some situation. When I, when I started doing all my comedy work stuff, I ended up... Just I just kept meeting Jessies. I kept liking Jessies. <laughs> yes, so many Jessies. And all great. I've never met a Jesse I didn't like, but yeah, I haven't had a bad experience with a Jesse yet. But it, it's, it gets, there's a lot of them. It gets a little blurry because you know mm-hmm. th- there's like a Vin. D- I would love the the <laughs> I would love the visualization, a bar graph, maybe a Venn diagram of just like all right, so. They're all white, right? And then it just skews towards white. And then it's just like, all right, some of them have glasses. Some of the, like, the, it, it, it's not quite a perfect circle. Yeah. But it's like, all right, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm all respect and love to, to, to all the Jessies in our lives. But it, yeah. it, it does, uh, you know, there's a difference between a Jesse Het and a Jesse Elias. You know, a what kind of difference. show are you going to go see? <laughs> <laughs> All love and respect to Jesse's. But, yeah. uh, you know, Jesse the Graph's bringing a different flavor yep. than uh, anybody else. Yep. Um, I, I have because I, I was involved at a certain point doing something with multiple Jesse's at one time. Oh, God. And I was like explaining to to Jen, like. No, I got to do this thing with Jesse. Oh, are you doing this? No, 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 not that Jesse. This Jesse, and then yeah, this is the one that does this and this. And yeah. so would have been nice you know, if we could just be like snacks. You gonna hang out with snacks? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Who's snacks? I don't know. It's just what his name is. You know, I wish I had a crazy name like that. Would be awesome. You know. <laughs> I don't know what it would be, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. What's what's a predominant 
uh, personality trait or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same here. Like, I don't know. Nobody. I don't know any other Wills. Have maybe met. Yeah. Like, no. I, yeah. I'm the only Randy that I know. Yeah. Yeah. Really. So, I've known yeah. some Randys in my life, but they're not really in my life. Like yeah. growing up, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah. As the as the only OJ that anyone ever has heard of. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty rough out here, but you know we're surviving in our uniqueness. Yeah. <laughs> is there, do you know of any other OJs? Have you ever met another one? Have you just like well well. I get I get pole position on all OJs because <laughs> I'm literally named Orenthal James. Yeah. All right. So if you got like if your name is like OJ Mayo, if your name is like what uh, o, 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 Osiris <laughs> Jenkins, you're not a real OJ because mm. you're you're trying to, That wasn't his full name. It was also mm. Simpson. All right, and that brings another level of of concern. Uh, because, you know, it, it, there's an element of like, all right, you know, if he was just like, those are his initials. No, th- those are his initials that everyone knew him as. He's still mm-hmm. a real person. Yeah. And that's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, he has a social security number and everything. <laughs> so like, yeah, I, my, I got a cousin named OJ mm-hmm. and there's some professional sports players named OJ. And they might have been, you know, making an overture to Mr. Simpson himself, but my my I'm legit. The, yeah. When the 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 word namesake has a picture of me being like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever been like at the movies or someone and someone is is shouting at someone else, and it's like their name is OJ, and you're like, huh? Uh, has that ever happened to you? No, no. But I was at a wedding at like an artist wedding and uh, someone was like, oh, my friend. I also have a friend in New York named OJ. I was like, uh, oh, that's dope. And they were like, yeah, his name is Zebra Cats. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then because I, I knew Zebra Cats, but only as a musician. I never looked. He's like, yeah. There's a few artists in my life that I like like their music enough to listen to full on albums, but I'm not looking them up on Wikipedia. But yeah. it turns out I have the exact same name as this dude. And it makes it brings so much joy that I learned that at a wedding, drunk out of my wow. mind, on a dance floor. <laughs> and uh yeah, that was the only time that someone didn't, you know. They didn't mischaracterize me or, or or say, oh, I thought you were this other guy. Because that's happened, too. Yeah. Especially living in the Bay, especially doing comedy. I got Kasim to the death. For, really? Yeah. And we look nothing alike. Yeah. No. I've, I've gotten W. Kamal Bell when I'm hanging out the punch because he's gone on and I just look tall and black. It's That's more frustrating than any O.J. Simpson joke that anyone could make. But uh, yeah, no, luckily there's not a proliferation of like, it's not the Bort Simpsons joke <laughs> in my life. Yeah, I, I got this thing where like people call me Scott all the time. Oh. Uh, 
like all the time. I get and it, me and my brother and my dad, we all get called. Is that Scott. why you're Scott Willis on yeah on Twitter? All right. Yep. Um, why? Why they see, So my last name Scoville is yeah. S C O, and then at the end is two L's. Yeah. So they say the S C O and the two lines, and they're like Scott, and then they read that first, mm-hmm. and they call me Scott. And <laughs> it, I like uh, that because it's it's it feels very seventies political thriller mis- <laughs> misunderstanding <laughs> of just like the internet should make this unnecessary. Why are you well, calling it, me Scott? It happened at the airport when it, a TSA person was like handed me back my ID and was like, Thank you, Scott, and I'm like, You <laughs> did not check my ID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a real bang up job at the <laughs> highest point of potential calamity. Yeah, I'm like, uh, boy, you might want to check that again. All right. Um, anyway, let's rein it back in and talk a little bit about this movie that's almost impossible to talk about. It really is. <laughs> Bunch it's of crazy <laughs> shit happening. It's I'm almost. Gonna, oh, go ahead. I, I, I want to know what your history with a Japanese take on ghosts and ghost stories is stuff because i was thinking about juan ringu pulse that kind of stuff when i was watching this movie yeah who gets to i i personally don't really like you know i had my shutter account i i've gone to certain film fest i i've watched i'm currently watching the saw series like i get horror uh on a big way and yeah, part of it is I'm scared. <laughs> I once watched The Ring, the American version, and then like when it went off, for some reason there was no channel underneath, so it was static, and that really freaked me out as like a 12, 13 year old, and just like, oh, yeah. the movie's kind of real. <laughs> uh, so I never watched The Eye, never watched um, Juana, never watched any of that, but. Uh, what was it? I saw, I started reading this, these books by, uh, Junji Ito. You ever heard of Junji Ito? No. Uh Uh-uh. He's a a graphic novelist, uh, in Japan and he, he wrote Uzumaki. Uh, Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I've seen this. And he, he had an anthology, I think called like Whacked or something. Um, and it was just like, all right, I get it. Like now I, I don't like all. Japanese horror, but there's a certain brand that's kind of like mischievous, if that makes sense. Like, yes, it's just like the thing that you are obsessed with, like gains sentience and tries to destroy you or <laughs> tries to consume you. And that's really relatable, uh, especially as like in this movie that it, it, it embodies or it, it, translates to the wildest things that are kind of scary but they're just kind of goofy and that's okay like it's not trying to like shake your faith it's not seven it's not like oh he starved this guy it's just like no the piano watch out for them pianos and it's like yeah all right i guess i'm watching out for pianos yeah, this I, is like a super goofy rendition on it, but in the same way, it was like it's just like there's something about the ant is like 
seems like a real person and then it's sort of revealed that she's a ghost or something unless i missed something i mean i was pretty kind of in it like at the end of this i was like what the hell is going on you know but like uh it's just sort of reminding me of like that movie um ugetsu which is uh, uh mizuguchi i believe it's the director where it's like this guy meets this woman and he basically forgets that he's in the middle of trying to like help his family for like a year and stuff. And then it's revealed that she's a ghost and stuff. And like, he's been kind of entranced by her and shit like that, but she was real, but not, you know, just something like some kind of a weird subtlety, you know, and then uh, the ring and Juwan, like where it's like you walk into the house and the ghost is there. And basically once you're marked, like you cannot escape it. And it just comes like that movie. It's just a series of vignettes of the ghost coming after somebody and then scaring them to death or killing them or whatever over and over and over and over again. Yeah. I don't know. I was seeing some parallels in this, but this was just like, this was a full on like Hanna-Barbera cartoon kind of (laughs) like the piano eating them and all that stuff. It reminded me of like, scooby-doo but specifically the like the 13 ghosts one with vincent price i don't know yeah. either of you i haven't seen that, that one, one. No. yeah <laughs> it was i i can't believe how many celebrities were in that cartoon universe yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> batman and robin are real and they can potentially hang out with uh, the harlem globetrotters i want to i love when batman and robin were with scooby-doo that was like the best man like, <laughs> you finally They'd like play that. They'd play regular Scooby Doo, but then they would just start playing those like at yeah. the same time slot. Yeah. I was like, what? What is this? You guys <laughs> were fans of yeah. when when the the Mystery Machine would pick up Mama Cass or or Jerry Reed. <laughs> um, that's what we're talking. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I love all this. I mean, this was very Scooby Doo to me. It felt that mm-hmm. it felt that kind of goofiness to it as well. But at the same time, it, it had a lot of stuff from like. Uh, the Evil Dead series and the way oh, that yeah. um, mm-hmm. Raimi was doing his shit. Uh, I think he was much more controlled in this and didn't <laughs> just go crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. But, you know, very much in the same, like that kind of stuff was developing around the same time. I mean, what is the history like, of this movie's release? Is this like a discovery movie or something? No, that- this is Toho who did all the, you know, the Godzilla movies and, uh-huh. um, it was made in response to Jaws. Jaws was huge, and Toho wanted to do a movie the that fuck? was like how um, <laughs> it was like the same thing. Well, Jaws was like super hip. It was like the new blockbuster. You know, I know, but pre- like I just don't see the connection between Jaws and this movie. I don't either. And so it got like pushed like forward, and they did it, and people who went to the movies absolutely loved it and the critics hated it. And so (laughs) it kind of got thrown into like, this is a, this is a trashy Japanese movie that we're not going to export because we only export high quality shit. Yeah. And so is why we didn't get to see like a big push until like 2009 or something. Okay, I see. In the States. You think that's generational? Because I feel like specifically Jaws was like boomers Telling the greatest generation to shut the fuck up. <laughs> it was just like, you guys are inept and your bureaucracy is, is bullshit. And it feels like everything that happened in Japan, from my understanding, or just from like a cultural situation, just like the punk rock 
happened later, it feels like. Or it, did, it, did it happen in like the late 80s or? Yeah, or just the aesthetics. You don't really see like, you know, the like Akira vibe, the kind of like cyberpunk vibe. I feel like that's always indicative of where your culture is at on like a street level, which mm-hmm. makes sense if you take into account how crazy grimy cinema was in the 70s, in the, mm-hmm. in the late 60s. And I don't think there was a, a equivalent of this type of movie in Japan, which is like, this is very rock and roll, which is, yeah. but like that type of rock and roll that you would watch at like, a, a a burger bungalow, you know, like a burger records, like uh, yeah, okay. super washed out 1960s, but updated, but not like strokes are posers compared to these. Yeah, guys. it felt Partridge Family kind of. Yeah, yeah. It um, felt very. Uh, it just felt like it felt counterculture, but that's it's wild to think that. Uh, it was influenced by Jaws. Not that yeah. like, Jaws was like super mainstream. I think the reception of it was mainstream, but you can like, even see like The Exorcist, maybe or something maybe. like that. Maybe, yeah. Like, Jaws but, and this movie. You know what it really feels like? Apart. It feels like it feels like Dawn of the Dead hmm. for me yeah. personally. Yeah. When I watched Dawn of the Dead, it got all this hype that I didn't understand because one, I was a child, but two, because like I was like a year or two within Shaun of the Dead coming out. So like everybody had already thought everything they needed to do about uh, zombies by the time I watched it. Mm -hmm. But when I watch it like now or like watch it for what it is, it's hysterical. There's so many gags in Dawn of the oh, Dead. Yeah. Like Night of the Living Dead is very serious and it's trying to prove something and, you know, a black guy gets shot. Spoiler alert. But Dawn of the Dead just has like zombies falling off of things and getting their heads chopped off and like <laughs> like grabbing bikers. And it, it there's 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 yeah. such a camp to it that mm-hmm. I don't associate with Jaws pretty much. Um uh, but I definitely associate with house. And, and I want to mention that kind of the rock and roll element of this. Um, a lot of people will do the, the Japanese house or whatever, however you say, pronounce that. Mm-hmm. But originally in Japan, they wanted to call it house. And I think they may have because mm-hmm. it was English and that was rock and roll. Yeah. Um, so I think in Japan, it was just called house. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a translation when it, when it came over, it was the, the, the exact title. Yeah, awesome. And I think, uh, that credit sequence that you see is probably what was the original credit sequence as well. I think it's just probably called house because we have eighties, like series of movies called house, obviously, you know, True. and then there's house MD. Mm-hmm. There's uh, the music, probably some other house. Yeah, there's the music, <laughs> the music genres. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, you know, so too many, too many houses. They had to distinguish themselves. But when I, but I, when this well, we played in SF, to... it was called House, though. Well, and like, hey, let's just call it House. We, I, yeah, yeah, we are calling it House. Yeah, we are. 
Yeah. Title of this House episode. 78. <laughs> 77. Whatever. Yeah. Um, all right. I think this is a good time to take a quick break and then we're going to come yeah, back. I, mean, with- I feel like we've talked about it and it also explained nothing at all. Like, no way. It's just, <laughs> yeah, one of those movies it's just like, visually crazy that you have to see it to believe yeah, what it is. I, I would agree. You know? Yeah. Anyway. So let's take a quick break and uh, come back with the big roundup. Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Annie. Have you ever enjoyed a palaver? Is it good to be the dog's dinner? Who is this Bob and why is he your uncle? For the answers to all these questions, you'll have to listen to our podcast, Boo to a Goose, breaking down British and American expressions and idioms. We use them, define them, and explain their history, all in a short, digestible format. So go ahead and check out Boo to a Goose wherever you get your podcasts. Cheerio! That means goodbye. Hey everybody, my name's Dane. And I'm Jimmy. And our podcast is called Bubbling Questions. We do would-you-rathers from listeners and a Twitter bot. Along with one-person game shows using ridiculous stuff we find on the internet. Like what kind of ridic are we talking? <laughs> I shall not tell you. Okay, all from our very real hot tub. Oh yeah, 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 very real, uh, not a gimmick at all. <laughs> find Bubbling Questions wherever you get podcasts. And I'm Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said, SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Subdoc Podcast. All right, welcome back. And it is time now for the big roundup. And this is where we just kind of review the show or the review of the movie and give some recommendations on what to seek out if you like this. So, uh, OJ. On a one to five star scale, what would you give House? I, I'm going to give it a five out of five. I think wow. it's a must watch. I think I think it contains so much about what I love in movies, which is like kind of, you know, uh, you know, genre conventions, but ultimately something so bonkers, something so personal. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just an indie movie. It's not just a you know, 70s psychedelic movie. It's not just a horror movie. It just feels like, you know, indirectly or maybe just coincidentally to, like, evoke uh, both Evil Dead and Cabin in the Woods. Like, Evil Dead's meta as hell. But then to take it one step further and feel like a commentary on the commentary, that's, that's a... 
that's impressive, you know, especially for a movie that you probably weren't going to experience unless you looked it up. Because this wasn't, this wasn't, for everything I've seen on like IFC or any of the gatekeepers for movies in general, nobody was telling me about this. And mm. it felt like a real gem for me to find. Excellent. So five out of five for House. Uh, Randy, what are you going to give this one? That's that's high praise. Uh, <laughs> I ultimately I thought this was really cool visually and stuff, and it is a movie that totally punishes you for looking away. It <laughs> moves so quickly and stuff. There's all this like weird shit happening constantly, but it almost was like it was so relentless to me that I like fully glazed over at times. And like, there was a point where like I fell asleep and I had to stop it, go back <laughs> and like go back. And it was like, I mean, you know, I, I did watch the whole movie, but like, yeah, I, I was like, I just sort of got kind of like lost in a bad way, I guess. Maybe, I don't know. I just can't envision. It's one of the, me and Will were talking about like, there's like trippy movies and then there's like trippy for trippy's sake, I guess. And I, that this kind of is in more of that, like, and there's movies like this, like into the void or is it enter the void? The Gasper no, no yeah. way movie. I don't know how to say his name either. I'm a fool, but you know, what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. there's like a couple of like movies like that, like where it's just like, man, I don't want to watch this thing. <laughs> And like I would say this is like a little bit in that category for me, but I also did enjoy it when I watched it. It's again, you have to see it to believe it. It's not yeah. as bad as like Toys, which is another movie you have to see to believe. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that you watch. I gave this movie three and a half stars. Cool. Uh for me, uh this one is yeah, it there there's definitely stuff that that does it better. Um but if you're looking for something that's outside, made outside the U.S., uh, this is this is a neat one to. This is one that I find interesting, but not required. And what I do like about this movie is that it's it's a great party movie. It's a great one to show people who are not necessarily into film or whatever. And it's just it's so visually fun that you can put it on at a party, and you can basically turn the sound off, and it's still fun to watch. Uh, another movie like that is Fantastic Planet, which I'm sure you have probably seen with the audio replaced with Aphex Twin on some YouTube streaming <laughs> radio station, I'm sure. Um, but it is a movie like that where it is just so visually kind of fun um, that it's good for watching in a group. Um, I imagine seeing this in the theater was a lot of fun uh, when it made the rounds out here. So uh, with that, I think I'm going to match Randy and give it a three and a half stars. Um, it's pretty fun. It's pretty cool. I feel like I'm new. being generous with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, like thinking, I think maybe I want to give it a three. I'm going to um, keep it three. at three and a half. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit above an average movie. It's a neat, it's a neat relic. And it's one that again, not necessary, but fun to seek out and cool to show to a group of people and have on at a party. So can I make a suggestion one. based on sure. this one? Yeah. Uh, watch American pop. It was mm, like yes. a uh, early '80s animated film about music and 
misogyny and it's completely animated but in that way that's just like feels like coolville or just like shit that that like no one's no one's telling you to watch that movie but it's like it's such a it's so crazy that it exists you know there's certain movies that are cult classics and then there's certain movies that are like cult cult classics which like Mm. Those are fun too, uh, but then there's certain movies that like no one's caping for. But like, are you telling me in the same language of The Godfather, but it's a movie about music and it's about uh, and it's animated? Like, yeah. that's the pitch to get me to watch that movie. But you know, video stores aren't open anymore. And yeah. <laughs> weird, like festivals aren't aren't doing it anymore. So, like, yeah, you got to find movies like these for yourselves. And yeah, find American Pop because, like, even if mm-hmm. that's like it's like House, not a perfect movie at all, drags like hell. But the fact that someone was so committed to it and that it's so unheralded just creates a situation where, like, all right, completely unfiltered. How do you feel about this movie? Because you're probably not going to find anybody reviewing it. There's not going to be a YouTube video explaining it. And there's probably not even, you're probably not even going to find like trade information about the budget and how much it made. Like that's how obscure some movies can get and yeah. kind of lose uh, its place in the canon. But yeah, American Pop is, is, is in that same realm of like, I can't believe this exists. It's not my favorite movie, but I'm glad it exists. Mm. I have, I'm a big Ralph Bakshi head, so um, yeah, American Pop is good. I have a distinct memory of when that got a re-release in like 1992 or something. Yeah. I, I went to a service merchandise and they were playing it on every TV um, <laughs> in the TV display area. Uh, it was, I think it was the part where, I think Jimi Hendrix, it's a Jimi Hendrix scene um, yeah. where he's playing Star Spangled Banner, I think. But, I feel more uh, like it was like '96, maybe or something. When that, I don't know, because uh, I know that service I, merchandise. Wasn't I remember. Around, I, I just also remember like when it came out. There was seen commercials for it, and then it was like at the video store. And I rented it, and I was like, "Oh, this movie is fucking cool." I, I'm also, I'm also a bit of a backshe head myself. So. Yeah, <laughs> we just watched uh, Cool World a few months ago again, and that yeah. it it is what it is. It's. You know, it came out after Roger Rabbit, and that's what people were expecting, and it is not that movie. So, yeah. um, but uh, very—that's a very good suggestion, though, Jay. I do like that movie. Yeah, a lot. it is. That's a very cool, sure. um, cool one from Bakshi. Uh, Randy, you got any suggestions for this? So, one? okay, I guess in that spirit, I have two wrecks, and but in the spirit of what um, OJ just said, I'll say uh, I married a strange person. Uh, Bill Plimpton's movie is a very weird. I can't believe this exists. It's like animated. His his style. He has a lot of movies, and he's like people probably would know him from like Simpson. He does some of the opening. He's done like seven of them, I think, at this point of like you know when the Simpsons sit on the couch or whatever. He's done like a couple of those, but his style is like he draws everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's all hand drawn stuff, and it's but it's all his twisted like perverted you know outlook on life and stuff it's it's cool i don't know it's a cool movie but then 
another thing going back to like i can't even remember if it was the cat or what it was something falls off the balcony at their house and it like in camera like there's like this frame that appear like everything freezes and then it's like movement inside it if it's like a comic book or a manga or something and just like doing extremely weird stuff like that uh which like you know you don't see like in a, a lot of american movies it reminded me of um knockoff the the movie that it's this guy that worked with john woo while he's like a chinese director to spark i have no idea i'm butchering all of these words i'm saying <laughs> but a point in that movie where uh jean-claude van damme's shoes are like bootleg shoes and they're starting to fall apart and the camera goes inside of the shoe and then the shoe like explodes and it just reminded like when i was watching this last night it was reminding me of that movie knockoff so that's on prime everybody should check that out i know that's kind of a left field recommendation but that's what I got, Will. Back to you. Excellent. What's your Rex? I, I would go back to um, uh, Thomas Crown Affair just because visually <laughs> it just it matches. It's, it's a completely different movie. It's a heist movie. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I literally caught it on TV, on Pluto the other day. And it was like this people, there's this scene where people are playing polo. Steve McQueen playing polo. Mm-hmm. And it is like shrinking in boxes to people's faces, following a ball around, like all, and it's just weird shit like that. That's awesome. I want and to I see think, this. I think it was Norman Jewison who, who directed that. So this was mm. maybe after Rollerball, but maybe before uh, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. So he's really good, like getting goofy with this, like from the very, from the get go, from the moment that movie starts to the end of it. It's just like all this, like, like, weird cut up frame and stuff it it's it's really weird and i don't think they did that in the remake so uh that's my suggestion all right uh about wrapping it up oj anything you got going on anything you want to promote uh yeah of course i got a rep for super trash brothers we've been doing it for about please uh almost seven years and there's like 12 13 of us and you know right now we you know we're keeping it safe we're only doing online streams um but yeah we're you know we're 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 we're, we're still doing it we're still figuring out ways to um get drunk and play video games which feels like an achievement uh, and also you know we, we we hope in the next few months or so to to kind of expand it, to kind of open it up and, and be more inclusive. And, and you know, we, we get it. We get it. You, you know, you're just alone out there in the internet. Yeah. You don't know if how hard we're repping for either the trash or the bros element of what's just a, you know, a very dumb pun. Yeah. <laughs> we play video games and we play and we drink. So why not make a, make a pun on Super Smash Bros.? Yeah, and, and and now you know we've basically created an entire enterprise on it. So maybe we should change the date. Uh, who knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, for for now though, for now, check us out on supertrashbros dot com, on Twitch, uh, on our socials, and uh, yeah, hopefully you can rock with us, and we hope to see you soon. Yeah, I will say with that, it is uh, that's a fun show. It makes. 
uh, just watching people play video games feel like an inclusive event. It feels like you're doing something by going through the drinking game. Yeah. Uh, it's a very fun party experience, and mm. it's always fun watching you all uh, hang out. So, Thanks, Will. Big, big recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> Randy, what you got? Oh, you know me. I got literally nothing, really. Uh, <laughs> check out <laughs> my band, Chat Pile, and... I hope everyone's, uh, you know, God, just misery junction, you know, yeah. a little peek behind the curtain. This is like, who knows when this episode's coming out, but we're in March will probably, you know, be yeah. happening by the time this comes out. And it's like, where will we be? You know, I don't know. So anyway, we're just. Doing our thing, watching movies. <laughs> Never felt more hope and joy from a human being before. <laughs> Will, what do you have to plug for us today? Well, very similarly, I got a podcast. Uh, it's called uh, Nerd Rage: The Great Debates. Uh, it's got a lot of folks from Super Trash Brothers who who come on pretty regularly. So if you're a fan of Super Trashed and you haven't checked out Nerd Rage, check it out wherever you find podcasts. Subdoc podcast where we do basically this show, but it's for documentaries and I'm not really on it, but I do work on it. Uh, and then, uh, you know, tell everyone, you know, about cathode ray mission and that you want to hear Will and Randy talk about movies. Oh yeah. Please um, do that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do the rate review thing and all that good stuff. So I haven't even checked. All right. Anyone's done that but we'll yeah we had, we had we had a big string of folks uh because I, I i i asked for it and so we had some good reviews coming through um yeah so so all these things check them out especially now that we're in quarantine and everyone's looking to keep doing things and stay busy so we don't go crazy um so i'll say goodbye to all y'all thank you oj for coming on uh, Thank you, OJ, yeah. for coming on. For Thanks real. for having me. And for bringing us in, for finally getting me to watch this movie. So Yeah, me too. I Yeah, I can finally at least weigh in on it and not yeah. have everybody <laughs> everybody be like, you'd like this movie. Like, people will always tell me about this movie. Like, and you're like, like no, 3.5. No, <laughs> 3? 3.5 is, yeah, oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> Get out of my face. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, thank you for coming on, uh, and I'll see you all next week.